Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, hanging out, talking college football and whatever else we feel like uh, bringing up tonight. TJ, how was your weekend? It was good. It was busy. We're closing on a house on Friday, so I was up in your neck of the woods several times. We're going to be neighbors. We're going to be less than 10 minutes away. Not just the fact that like, when you get into your neighborhood, it's still like five more minutes to the back, but like from front of your neighborhood to front of mine is like six minutes, but Right. Anyway, I was up at the new house a ton this weekend with different contractors. Um, we are closing on our house this weekend and then are on the new house this weekend. And then we are closing, uh, selling our house and closing on it in like two and a half weeks. And so I'm trying to get up all the renovations done that we want done so that when we move in, it is done. and We have nothing else to do. So that has been fun to, I'm a, I'm a general contractor right now uh, with all these different uh people that I've got working on different things from the flooring to painting to the cabinets to the countertops to just a whole bunch of stuff. But it was busy in that regard. Um, We didn't do anything but that. I had to run up there several times for that. But other than that, I mean, I just kind of, we didn't, we didn't go anywhere. We didn't do anything. Friday, we went to the jump place, flying squirrel that's near us. We went to the guitar place. This this is what my kids call these places, but uh, the, um, rock and brews and had dinner. So that was fun. But then Saturday and Sunday, I sat on the couch all day, watched college football, watched the NFL. We did go to church Sunday morning, but uh, did nothing all weekend. It was fantastic. How was your weekend? My weekend was fabulous. I went to Gainesville to the Florida Alabama game and uh, had a lot of fun. First time I've been back for a game since without children, since Emerson and Alexandra were born. Um, Mm. And actually, I didn't go the season I was pregnant with them either. So it's been a few years since I've been up there without children. And it was a great time. I was definitely feeling it the next day, though. This whole, you know, leaving the house at 830 in the morning, not coming back until midnight, you know, walking around, whatever, college town, going to some of our old haunts. Doing some doing some other things. 37-year-old. Body shots Allie, and cannot, everything uh, else. No body shots. But you know what I'm going to tell you? Listen to this. So the bar that Eric and I met at in college, it's called Grog House, um, right there on university. I spent more days of college in Grog House than in any other building in Gainesville, hands down. Uh, there was a time when they won the national championship that I'm pretty sure we were there 23 days in a row. I love grog when it it was going to rain on Saturday. So I brought my grog house hat. So excited. So after the game, we're like, all right, listen, we can walk to the car and sit in this traffic to get out of the stadium for 
an hour before we move anywhere. Or we can walk to Grog and have a drink, you know, visit the old stomping grounds. I had one bourbon and Coke there. And then go to the car and go home. So we're like, all right, let's do that. By the way, it's also raining, whatever. Anyway, so we walk to Grog. There's pretty short line compared to all of these other places. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Get to the front and the guy's like, hey, I need your ID. And I hand him my ID. He goes, no, your other ID. And I was like, what? What other ID? And he goes, your student ID. And I was like, what? I don't have a student ID. And he goes, we're only letting students in after the game. And I was like, wait, what? And he's like, you have to be a current college student for us to let you in when the game is over on home games. And I was like, since when? And he's like, well, that's the rule this season. And I was like, what? And he, and he's like, My yeah, I'm sorry. That's, that's, that's just the rule right now. <laughs> I had a flex. And, Did um, you flex? Did you, I would have said like, I was like, I, mean, Pat- I, know a, I know he punted, but like you know, <laughs> national like, champion right here. Is Pat working? Who, by the way, is the bartender that has been there since I used to go to Gainesville in high school and get into Grog. It was easier I for a 16-year-old. I cannot believe that you went. I, it was easier for a 16-year-old me to get respect. into Grog House than it was for a 37-year-old me to get into Grog House. I have legitimately been going to this bar for 21 years. So anyway, and he's like, well, Pat's not here, but if you can, if you can get Pat on the phone, and he he's our boss, so if he tells us to let you in, then you know, that's fine. So meanwhile, so I stepped to the side, there's no reception, cell phone reception in Gainesville at this moment. So I'm trying to call Pat. It's raining. The guy notices my brother and Eric's national championship rings. So then eventually he's like, all right, how many people are you with? And I'm like, there's six of us. And he's like, all right, I'll let the six of you in, but you have to pay cover. I'm like, okay, we'll pay you your $5 cover. So he let us in. The bar's not even like game day busy like yeah i mean there's people in there but it was definitely not like wall-to-wall people or anything like that and my thing is this saturday nights in gainesville grog is beat the clock so it's like starts out as like a quarter a pitcher and it you know every 15 minutes goes up a quarter or whatever so like by the end of the night you're you know spending four bucks on a pitcher so these college kids are spending nothing which means they're also tipping their bartenders nothing why would you not want alumni that are going to actually take care of their servers and order things with like a name on the bottle. It doesn't make any sense to me. And it's definitely not to like keep numbers down because of COVID. Cause they was certainly had way too many people in the bar to like be concerned about that. Um, Seems like a wild was, rule. It was bizarre. It was so weird. I was totally offended and I'm pretty sure my hat was older, older than the bouncer. So there's that. <laughs> Speaking of, I wasn't going to say the age, but 37, you celebrated a birthday I since did. the last time we were on here. On Friday. Friday. Did you do anything fun or just kind of got ready? Um, you went to, went to Disney. Thursday, we went to Epcot. That. Uh-huh. No did invite. food and wine festival. <laughs> festival. Uh, drank around the world a little bit. Wanted Friday to be low-key because I'm pretty sure I could not have done an entire day at Epcot. We stayed all the way till fireworks um, and Whew. then straight into the game. I think that that would have been a lot. So you'll you'll love this. Hayden decides she wants a tiara while we're at Epcot. She decides in Germany, and it, we're it's pretty early on. And I'm like, hey, listen, let's keep looking. If you decide you want it, we'll come back and get it. But like, there's a million other gift shops, whatever. I forget about it. It's fireworks are going off, which happen at nine o'clock, and the park closes at nine o'clock. So like, yeah, so you do the, the fireworks and you run out the door. Close, yeah. So she's like. Hey, oh, hit the computer. Sorry. She's like, hey, so uh, I want to get that tiara. I'm like, 
<laughs> okay. Well, we're going to have to get it the next time we're at Epcot or we're going to have to find it online and order it and send it to the house. We can't walk halfway across the park right now. It down. Yeah. And so she's super upset about it and whatever. And then I'm like trying to change subject. I'm like, Hey, do you have to go to the bathroom? We need to make sure that we go on our way out because we'll be at the car. And she literally looks at me and goes, so you're telling me we have time to go to the bathroom, but we don't have time to get a tiara. And I was like, <laughs> you are my child. Yes. That is exactly what I'm telling That's you. What I'm saying. She um, was super pissed. If that had been Hadley, I'd have swum across that river for her. Just so I know you would. <laughs> Gators and all. Well, um, so let's talk about your team's loss. Yeah, Florida State came out this weekend and did not look great again. Um, ended up dropping the game 35-14 to 14 to Wake Forest. I uh, picked Wake in this game. I thought that Wake would win. I did think that Florida State – you know, actually, I don't. Did I don't they really... look as bad as the score? I didn't see a single down because I was sitting in our stadium. I, but I did it yes. look as bad as the score looks? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they, I think they were three touchdowns better, right? I don't, you know, um, you know, what do you consider? You know, where is the line of of blowout? Not, I always kind of think about blowout as three scores, right? Because two scores yeah. you could theoretically score and then get the. But ball I back feel there. like you can kind of get the feel on if something was dominating or not, kind of almost regardless of the score, or if there's something where garbage touchdowns happen at the end that makes something look worse than it felt uh, now, throughout the course so, of the game. So Wake Forest took a twenty-four to seven lead um, with not much time left in the in the first half. So they're up twenty-four to seven. And Florida State gets the ball back and scores in one play. Jordan Travis, 65-yard touchdown to Ontario Wilson, makes it 24-14 to 14 with two and a half minutes left, three minutes left. And you think like, okay, well, if they get a stop, they're just down 10, right? right. And Florida State had – I'll say this, not to put lipstick on a pig, not to do any other kind of cliche that I won't try and attempt right now. Florida State did some things in the first half that you would say are just like, absolutely inexcusable um, mistakes. Florida State um, roughed a punter on a four, you know, got a stop, roughed a punter, they score a touchdown, right? Florida right. State got a third down stop, late hit out of bounds. That was kind of questionable. Like he was trying, he was kind of like holding him up and then it like the receiver like tripped over. It looked like one, but then when you see it from the other angle, I, I really don't even blame the kid. Like he, he did. It was, I'm not here to blame the officials, which, you know, I've seen, you know, a certain fan base do that a ton over the last few days, but it wasn't, the, it looked like a late hit, but then they showed the other side and the kid just kind of like tripped over the, over the wires and stuff. So kind of unfortunate, but at the end of the day, late hit called, they scored a touchdown at that. So like there were some things that Florida state did. They deserved to be down as much as they were. They went into the half down 27 to 14, and you kind of thought like, okay, down two scores. You were down three. If you can come out of the second half and and score, then you're in good shape. It's a one-score game. You're set. Right. Force they came out of the second half, couldn't get anything going. Did get one first down, but then ended up going, uh, not being able to convert on a third and two. Um, had to punt. Wake then went up 35 to 14. Early, early in the um, well, about ten minutes to go in the uh, third quarter. So still plenty of time. But then Florida State. Here, here was the difference in the game. Florida State went down three touchdowns and drove sixty yards down the field and couldn't convert on a fourth and short from the ten yard line. 
The very next possession, Wake Forest goes three and out, and Florida State drives down to the one-yard line and can't get the ball in the end zone. The very next possession, mm-hmm. Wake Forest goes uh, – they actually turn the ball over on downs. Florida State gets the ball back. So Florida State was – not to say this game was closer than it should have been. Florida State deserved to lose this game by 21 points. They were outcoached. They were outplayed. They were out disciplined. Wake Forest made a lot less mistakes, but there was a moment that this could have been a game, and it's when Florida State got the ball to the ten, and then the one, and then got the ball back one more time. Right. And if they just score on two of those possessions, right, it's a different game. It's a field goal. You know, then it's a one-score game, and you've got the ball. And um, for the rest of the game, Florida State's defense didn't allow another score. They also didn't score again for the rest of the game, so it didn't really matter. Um, right. But Florida State could, you know. Florida State played worse than Wake Forest and the breaks went Wake Forest's way. Right. So right, right. if if a couple of breaks would have gone FSU's way, this game could have been a 35-31 game. This game could have been a 35-28 game. Um, I don't think – I think at the end of the day, Wake Forest was winning this game. If the breaks go Florida State's way, I think they lose this game 35-31, right? Yeah. And, you know, we fumbled on the one-yard line, fumbled into the end zone on the one-yard line. That's rare. That That is, you know, that's a microcosm for the season. But sure. that's, that, doesn't, that doesn't really happen often, so, right? Like, you see fourth down stops, but you don't see first and goal from the one, fumble the ball. I mean, how many times in your life have you seen that? Five times, four times? You know, like, that's just – that's not a super common thing. And so, yeah, the breaks went Wake Forest way, but the play was certainly in their favor – best case scenario, but you do feel better, right? Like we'll talk about moral victories in a minute. If Florida state loses that game, 35, 31, you, you do feel better about it. Like it's not the blowout that it ended up being, but Florida state was significantly outcoached, significantly outplayed, and they absolutely deserve their own. So as a fan, where are you right now? Because we talked last pod, right? Prior to this game happening, talking about how important a win was here. I think we even said that even if they didn't get a win, we needed a really good showing out of Florida state to, um, you know, continue to keep the locker room going forward through the rest of the season. And if you can't, you know, so you're zero and three. So now at this point you got to go six and two, no, six and three to tie where Willie Taggart was when he got fired. We talked about why this feels different than the last time. And I'm not saying you're firing Norvell, but now, as opposed to fighting for this season, now you're fighting for this locker room, right? You're, and so where are you now that this has transpired versus where you were last week? So I love as that far as, pop right at that very opportune time Dude, there. I'm telling you, like you, you almost have to shout out Maker's Mark. Um, so <laughs> I don't, uh, I, I don't know exactly what you mean by that. And I don't know if you want to kind of go deeper into like your thoughts. So just, just do you like, feel differently about the rest of the season and potentially even Norvell's, t- uh, you know, time at Florida state uh, going forward after this happened? So I think Florida state, I think the ceiling for the season continues to get lower and you kind of reevaluate where you're at. We talked about this. We talked about the fact that 55% of the starters, maybe 60%, somewhere between 55 and 60% of the starters on this team are transfers. And we talked about the fact that Norvell almost had to build a culture because there was none here, right? Like it wasn't like, well, these guys come in and fit in this culture. It's like, can he build one? And I don't think that 
now wins and losses matter in the respect that like you, you've got to win and lose games for the recruiting. But I, I honestly don't think the rest of the season matters at all. Okay. I think it is. Is there a way? Because I because I think the ceiling for wins right now is like three. Yeah. Maybe shock somebody and get a fourth, right? Like that. That's. I think you just have to adjust expectations. Now, what I will say is Wake Forest is better than every other ACC team that Florida State will play except for Clemson and North Carolina, right? Wake Forest would beat Miami. Wake Forest would beat Louisville. Wake Forest would beat Syracuse. Wake Forest would beat Boston College. Wake Forest would beat NC State. So I will say that, right? Like we didn't look good on Saturday, but Florida State can still beat Louisville. Florida State can still beat Syracuse. They'll beat UMass. They can certainly beat Miami, who is just as much of a train wreck. So I think this. I think we're looking at three wins. You know, I think so. Beat, we get to I, test that theory on a lot of play. Right? They play. Wait. Uh, I'm yeah. To, I, I just listed I mean. all the. Yeah. I just. Oh, for for Wake side and Florida State side. Like, I don't think we lose by 21 to Syracuse. Right. Maybe right. by four. But but you know, Liberty's a six point favorite against Syracuse right. this week on the road. So I, Syracuse is just not good. Now, I think the only two sure wins left on the schedule are Syracuse and UMass. Um. And then there are a couple that, like, if Florida State plays well, they'll win. But, again, I don't even think any of that matters. I think it is can you keep the difference makers in your recruiting class committed? Because next, stack, year, yeah. next year is what I, – I don't know that – So he, he gets three years in your book no matter what. I think the only way that, that – if we if go 0-12 this year, year like, lose like, to UMass as well – and lose to Syracuse, which we're going to be a favorite in both of those games at home, and then get embarrassed by three scores every other week, which I don't, I'm not predicting. I don't think right. happens. Then I think so. A two a win Florida State, Norvell safe. I think so. I mean, okay. I, I I think so. Okay. Um, I think, and then I think next year he is immediate. He is on the hot seat game one. Right. You know. Uh, you know. So I I do think that he gets out of this, and you know, some of that is. Brought a bunch of guys in from the transfer portal, and I'm not saying that they're not working out, but obviously the team is not working out. Now, now I will say this week they were absolutely outcoached. Like they were outcoached. I saw far. some interesting wasn't, wasn't statements even. today at media days for or uh, um, whatever at the Monday morning press conference. Was it your defensive coordinator? Offensive the, coordinator. Yeah. Offensive coordinator saying they were showing some stuff that he wasn't expecting, and so they just weren't prepared. Like yeah. I know you talked about it on Twitter, and I commented that I was kind of saying the quiet part out loud. Like I, yeah, I, I mean, I believe you, right? But, but like I don't know that lot. that's what you say. It's a lot to hear that, like, hey, yeah, we just weren't ready, you know, and. Yeah. To be as specific, like most, co- a lot of coaches say that, right? like, Hey, we weren't prepared in certain situations and yeah, coaches will own that. Right. Hey, I didn't have the guys prepared. Um, that's on me. We'll move on. We'll play our next opponent Yeah, to really go into depth of like, Hey, we were expecting Wake Forest to run one thing. They ran something else and we had no clue what to do. Right. That's not good to say. Like I, it might be the truth. It's probably right. usually the truth. Right. Right. Like, but you didn't hear. I mean, yeah, you didn't hear Nick Saban say, well, we were expecting Florida to do one thing on defense, and then they played well, and we just weren't ready for Todd Grantham to have uh, some kind of semblance of good defense on him. Like, you just say, like, yeah, they played well. Like, you just kind of give the coach speak and move on. You don't say, like, yeah, we had no clue what to do when they were actually doing the right thing. So, anyway, yeah, I, I thought that was weird. But, yeah, we were outcoached. I think that – what will happen this year is some big staff changes will will happen from Florida State. 
they may or may not. I'm a little not surprised, but it would not have shocked me if if some of those things happened even this week. They won't now. Like I think you know Monday is your day to do that. You're not doing that on a Wednesday because now you're already back into game prep for Louisville. But um, yeah, I think it's can Florida State keep Travis Hunter committed, the number one player in the nation? Can they keep AJ Duffy, a four star right. quarterback, committed? Can they keep the offensive lineman commits that they have right now committed? Right. Can they sign those guys? If Norvell can bring in three quality offensive linemen, which are committed right now, AJ Duffy, a four-star quarterback that he recruited to come in and, and play it here, and Travis Hunter, the number one player in the nation. If those guys stay committed, you've got to give Norvell a chance to see kind of what he can do with those guys. I think he's severely handicapped with both quarterbacks. McKenzie Milton is playing out there on one leg. It's a good story. I appreciate everything McKenzie Milton's done. He came in and he's absolutely battled, but he is just not the same. I mean, we saw what 100% healthy McKenzie Milton looked like a couple of years ago, and that's just not the same guy out there. Jordan Travis has gotten dinged up in all three games that he's played in, and so his health is a liability. Both guys are out there running for their lives because we've got injuries on the offensive line, and none of that's to make excuses. It just is what it is. The talent on this roster is just not what we're accustomed to seeing Florida State with. And then for the coaches to basically say, like, yeah, we had no clue what to do in this situation, I mean – you know, it's pretty tough. I think the the ceiling is three wins. I think they'll beat, I think they'll lose this weekend. I think they'll beat Syracuse. I think they'll beat UMass. They'll luck up and beat someone else. Probably a I don't know, an NC State, a Boston College, Miami. I don't, I have no clue. Maybe they I mean they could luck up and beat Louisville. I mean, Louisville's not a world beater by any means. Right. But um, I think they'll win three games. If they could get to four, I think that'd be a big step in the right direction if they could somehow get to four. Because you're starting out 0-3, it means you finish the year at 4-5, and right? And you finish the year at 4-5 and having to play Florida, Clemson, and North Carolina, which is is and Miami, right? So you finish it at 4-1 and outside of those games. So if they could find a way to get to 4-1 and or 4-5, and that or 4-8 and would be the final record, right? Like, that'd be massive. I think they're going to win two, three games, but I don't think any of that matters. As long as they don't go 0-12, which I, I do expect them to beat UMass, I mean – just line the ball up and run it every play and right. beat UMass, you know? So, you know, win that, win one more against Syracuse and then keep the recruiting class committed. And then next year, I think he's coaching for his job. That That's, I'm not in the fire him yet train. Right. I think we're too early for that, Um, you know, but there definitely need to be changes made. When your offensive coordinator is coming out and saying that, you know, we didn't know what to do when they did something different. I mean, like if Bill Jackson would have come out and said like, yeah, the Celtics were in a zone and we practiced for man all week. So when they were in that zone, like we just had no clue what to, like you got to yeah. have like a contingency plan. Like you got to have a, or a half hour adjustment. Like well, half hour adjustment yeah, yeah. happen, but First, also don't say that. Don't yeah, like, like what does that say to your recruiter? Like, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But can people so, in your locker room already know you didn't have a plan because they watched no. you not have an adjustment? But those high school recruits don't do know, you, you know. Say that out loud. And yeah. when the when the when the situation even worse, it's not like they were running some kind of get like it's not like they were in basketball running a triangle and two or a box and one or something like that. They literally just went man to man. Right. Yeah. And and we couldn't just man now Florida State's wide receivers are terrible. And David Hale ranked them 14 out of 14 in the ACC ranking, like in his kind of power rankings on wide receiver. So this isn't super shocking, but it's more of an indictment on the actual roster talent. They went man to man. And we couldn't just man up and say, like, we're our men are gonna be better than Wake Forest Smith. Yeah. Like man to man is me versus you. Like right. if me and you played one on basketball, one on one on basketball, like I would just beat you. Like I'm just bigger and stronger, right? Like that's just is what it is. Like and Florida State can't go to man-to-man against Wake Forest. Like, that's a problem. 
Yeah. You know, and it's a problem in the fact that you can't just man up and beat your guy, but it's also a problem in the fact that like you, you can't coach a man to man. Like that's not like an uncommon deal. It's like a trick right. wrinkle defense. Like, <laughs> right. You're not running right. something tricky. It's just the yeah. most basic defense there is man to man. So anyway, yeah, it's an indictment on the entire coaching staff. We were not prepared to play. The coaches got absolutely outcoached. I didn't really, I wouldn't really say there's been a lack of effort. There's definitely a discipline problem. Like I said, roughing the punter, late hit on a third down uh, when when they got stopped behind the line. Like third, it was going to be like fourth and seven, so it wasn't like a, oh they might go for it or anything like that. Um, late hit out of bounds, roughing the punter, um, multiple turnovers. You know, there's definitely a discipline problem. I wouldn't say there's as much of a lack of effort though. I will I will give that to the players. Like it doesn't really look like guys have quit. I mean, Florida or Wake Forest scored on their very first possession. Um, and then they didn't score again for the rest right. of the game. So, you know, the, the defense, you know, did kind of step up at least there and give the offense a chance. The offense just couldn't do anything with it. So, yeah, I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. I mean, will probably lose a little bit this week and then beat Syracuse week after be one and four. So that's, that's kind of my prediction for the next couple of weeks. Yikes. From one set of losers to another set of losers. <laughs> let's go to the swamp. Let's do it. Okay. So, uh, First quarter, terrible. Florida could not get out of their own way, made a ton of mistakes, looked like it was going to be a really, really long day. Um, last three quarters, Florida played, I don't know if even if well is the right word because there's a lot of things to improve on, and they lost, right? So I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know that you want to say they played well or they played great, but this team had a lot of fight in them. And I think that it would have been really easy. You know, they spotted the number one team in the country, 18 points, and they managed to come back and lose by two. They missed an extra point. If they hit that extra point, when they score that last touchdown, that game is tied. Now when Alabama gets the ball back with three minutes left, obviously they probably do something different than what they did in the case that they were in. So I'm not saying Florida would have won the game or even that it would have gone into overtime if Florida hit that extra point, but extra points are not something that are normally missed, right? Like that's not something that, and like bumbling on the one yard. Line. You know, what's really funny is that Eric called it before it happened. He's like, the kicker's lined up too close. He's going to over, he's not going to be able to open his hips up enough. It's going to, uh, it's going to go wide. And then that's literally exactly what happened. Like the way that the kicker lined up, like had nothing to do with the hold, had nothing to do with the snap. The kicker lined up in the wrong spot. So obviously so that Eric literally told us it was going to happen prior to it happening. Um, but again, the two, and on the two point conversion, it looks like they needed to call a timeout and figure out what the hell they were supposed to do right there because they looked. I remember a two point conversion last year where you guys got on Mullen for calling a timeout before, so maybe he was upset. He didn't want to upset the fans. I, again no, I doubt. Remember that? Remember I, that? I I remember that, but I and really doubt my, uh, Mullen cares at all if the fans would have been upset or not. It just looks like nobody was like literally. They both held on to the ball the whole time, and you watched this the hole, which was there, by the way completely closed prior to them going bad. through. Um, I think that this was a good game for Emory Jones. I think a lot of growing up happened in that game. And, you know, you kept alluding to moral victories in there. I, I'm not a moral victory person, but I think we can acknowledge growth, right? There's very few people in this country that thought Florida was going to keep it as close as they did with Alabama. Florida um, got Alabama to make mistakes, 
which is not something that a Nick Saban coach team normally does. I think the crowd noise had something to do with it. That stadium was loud, loud, loud. I've seen a lot of articles about it being the loudest that, you know, stadium so-and-so has ever been in or whatever. It's not the loudest I've heard the swamp, but it was a factor on Saturday. And you're talking about Bryce Young, it being his very first SEC game ever to be that caliber noise. I, I mean, it was a factor for sure. There was a lot of false starts. There was a lot of uh, jumping. Like, I mean, the, the crowd played a factor. So that's, that's good. You mentioned the uh, officiating and, and listen, no one single play can be pointed to as, as costing Florida the game, right? They made enough mistakes that there's enough blame to go around the team itself. It, there were also a couple calls that were super questionable. I watched some of them today that two in particular that would have ended Alabama drives that ended up in scores. Now, does that mean that Alabama doesn't get the ball back and score again, or that they stop Florida and go three and out or whatever else? Of course, all of those things could have happened. But when Florida needed to play a perfect game, the ball not bouncing their way, the calls not bouncing their way doesn't help. Right. And Florida didn't play a perfect game, but I think speaking on the ref specifically, there were a lot of well-called, um, pass interferences and holdings and stuff like that. And so when you are committing those, I, this is my take. Like, I'm not saying the refs made some bad calls. Like I'll, I'll, I'll go there first to agree with you to let you know that I'm not attacking Florida here. The refs made some bad calls. We've all seen the replays on the timeline, Twitter and stuff, but there were a lot of Florida penalties that did happen that sure. were good calls. Sure. And so when you are continuously kind of making those mistakes, you're kind of putting it in the ref's head that like no, I every that, time, that. every time there's a big play, and the receiver moves a little bit, like, well, the last four of them have been passing risk, so this one hey, might as well be too. I, so you're kind of putting so and the were bad calls a lot on both yeah. ways, right? Like right, Alabama right. had a lot of Alabama actually had more penalties called on them, I believe. I'd have to check. Most of theirs were procedural things, and though a lot of it really did have to do with the crowd, right? The the crowd noise. And I Florida did not play mistake-free football, right? And a lot of those penalties that were called were warranted. So I totally get what you said, what you're saying. It's just, it is also frustrating to watch and think, oh, damn, the defense actually did do their job on that drive. A defense that, you know, has not been putting things together, right? They actually do what they're supposed to do. But then there's a call that maybe shouldn't have happened that continues that drive. And Florida just... Not only did they need to play mistake-free football, which they didn't do, they needed some of the breaks to go their way. Exactly like you were talking about um, Florida State and Wake Forest, that like if the breaks had gone Florida State's way, they still probably would have lost, but it would have been a lot closer. I'm not saying Florida would have necessarily won, but they were handicapped at least on two major drives by a penalty that probably wasn't one. Now, hey, maybe they missed penalties, right? Like we, Florida's not going back and saying like, oh, didn't call this one, got away with that. And I, that could have for sure happened. But this is what I will tell you. This is a building block, right? This is something Florida can, can take I, and I grow it with. Can it can be. be. It can be. Yeah. I'm interested to see how Florida comes out against Tennessee. They, yes. they should demolish Tennessee, right? And I think that Florida particularly under Dan Mullen, but I think maybe this has been a hallmark really from even the Meyer years. Florida has shown up in big games pretty regularly. Florida has also not shown up in at least one game that should be an easy game or a gimme game or however you want to refer to it as at least once a season for as long as I can remember. 
So the way that you take the next step, I think Florida is showing they can compete with anybody in the country, but now you have to win every single game that you're supposed to and start winning the games that you're not supposed to. There's a difference between being able to compete with anybody in the country and being able to beat anyone in the country. And, you know, when you look at Alabama, their last 16 games, they have averaged 31 and a half points beating their opponents by 31 and a half points. The last two times they've played Florida, that averages out to four points, right? They lost by two, or excuse me, they beat Florida by two last week. They beat them by six, or excuse me, by eight in the SEC championship game. Or six, okay. In the SEC championship game. That's, uh, I mean, it's a moral that, victory, but it's progress. That is no, it is progress, and it's it's closer than anybody else has gotten in the past two years. I think that this should it almost with how good Alabama is, it almost might be worth putting a banner up for that. Shut up. Say that we were the closest losers. I'll tell you what I think, though. I think I don't I think got some that questions I... for you. I got some questions okay. for you, but go ahead. Tell me what you All think. Right. I you do not me. think that Alabama is unbeatable. I actually, in the first quarter, had told Eric, I was like, I don't think Alabama's unbeatable. I just don't know that they're beatable by Florida. Now, granted, the gap closed a lot the last three quarters, but at that point, it was like 21-3. But Alabama played the least disciplined that I have seen them play going back to probably Saban's first or second year. Now, I don't know if that is because there's young guys. I don't know what you – I don't know exactly what the factor is, but, I mean, Alabama plays in lots of loud stadiums, so we're not just going to chalk it up to that. There's something a little bit different. I – and then, you know, you watch Ohio State, you watch Oregon, you watch – like, you watch all of these programs that are – Clemson, Georgia, all of them that we're talking about being the elite of the elite. And I don't know that there's anyone this year that is, like – Heads and tails above everybody else. I know we said Alabama was last we week, but after watching them, week, yeah. I don't know that I think that that's true. And I'm also wondering how much COVID has factored into that. Well, they did lose practices. They lost some recruiting in person. They lost. I mean, something is different about this college football season. After being at this game, it makes me feel like there's a lot more parity this year than in a very long time, which is kind of exciting, right? Yeah. Because no, there's maybe it, not a foregone conclusion. It feels like it. And I've got some questions. I've got some follow-ups okay. to your loss that I want to that I want to kind of walk through. And and you kind of alluded to some of them. So you're not gonna want to be on the same page as me with some of this stuff, <laughs> but I think I think you will be. Okay. Um, because they're all kind of hypotheticals. But I do agree with you. I think we thought that Miami was a little bit more above average than we did. And so when Alabama absolutely ran through them, mm-hmm. I think we thought that that was more impressive than it was. Well, then Miami sure. gets absolutely ran through by Michigan State. And I know we hate right. the transitive property, but we're, our, our perception of Miami is dropping well, every and single to week. To be fair, I think that Michigan State is – uh, maybe a little bit better than we thought that they were too, but Miami sure. is not Miami back. Miami is right. right? Miami so, is not back. So like, like they told us this so, whole off season. So Alabama beating them like they did. is less mean, impressive in hindsight. Less, yes. So I will retract and say that I was absolutely wrong in saying that the gap between Alabama and everybody else is massive. I mean, I, I'll tell you, and I, I mean, I, you're not going to hear this, but to me, the best two teams in the country right now look like Oregon and Georgia. And it will, well, and Georgia's got a lot to do. Yet again, be, I have not gotten to see Georgia play in person because um, I've always been in our stadium. And, and, um, and I don't think, and I don't think South Carolina's great. The amount of but, Georgia fans on my timeline man. today telling me how good they, they were today I'm not, was. I'm not just telling you, I, I know well. we've never agreed on anything, but Georgia did look good. And I know that South Carolina is not great, but that's still a, that's still a 
SEC opponent, you know, like I just that's Kirby not, is not a good game day coach. And so I, well, I agree that he has more talent. Like it, it looked I good mean, Saturday, you know, but Georgia's got lots, but so far in the year, now Alabama still got a win against the top 10 team on the road. So like we're not just, you know, they're still the number one team. But to me, did Florida move up in your mind though, in terms of what they're able to I'm not saying move up in your rankings. I'm saying in your perception of this team, I'm not saying if you have to rank, you know, the top 25, did you move Florida from 11 to nine or whatever, but did your perception of what this team is capable of change? I think it stayed probably about the same. And for the one but simple you reason, I, Alabama was going to wipe, wipe the floor with them. Yeah. My perception of Alabama definitely changed. And I, I think Florida played, but it's better. not like Alabama's bad, right? Alabama's no, not, still, no, the, they're the best team in the country. Right. Here's my, here's my thought is exactly what you just said. And here's where I want to follow up with Florida got up for a big game, mm-hmm. but they still played down to FAU and USF. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if they continue to play down against bad teams, it's going to bite them in the ass. Sure. Right? So that's sure. my, so sure. Absolutely. Is, has Florida's and- potential maybe raised? Sure. But has their floor raised? No, yes. I need to, I, well, no, I, I think need to their see. floor has raised. I no, think because their, their floor to me was always nine and three. And I think that's still where it's at, you know, like, so I think I any, a loss to anybody else, but Georgia makes this a disappointing season. I agree with that. And, on, and I still and think that, and I still think that's possible. I still, I need I to see you. it against the, I need to see. And so do you, you just said it. You need to see yeah, it no, against Tennessee I, and Kentucky and everywhere else. It's easy percent. to get up for Bama, but, but do you get uh, up sure. for Kentucky? Do you get up for a sure. crappy Florida state? But team? I think the floor still Missouri is raised team? because I do think the floor for Dan Mullen was nine and three. I think the floor has become 10 and two. I think I mean, that's to me, that's a balance one way or the other. I, I think, you know, I don't if you know. Had your floor at eight and four, I, I still have you know, it, nine 10 and, and two can still get you in the sec championship game. Nine and three right can't loss. if it's the right loss, it can. But if we're being real, we know that if 10 and two happens, it's probably to Georgia. Like that's just sure. But what and I'm if saying you is lose somebody else, 10 like, and two can still in theory, get you in nine and three for sure. It, can't it depends on other people, right? You can, but Florida does still control their own destiny at this point. Right. For sure. You don't, I mean, you don't drop that country, game along with every other team in the country, but yes. I mean, not every SEC, not every other SEC East team controls their own destiny. Is anyone zero two? I would. I don't believe anybody's zero two. But do, are you telling me that you think that they're running the table? Anybody not, else? You asked if they control their own destiny, which they absolutely I mean, do. <laughs> like semantics, went out. I guess, but <laughs> um, yeah, nobody is zero two just yet. The only teams that have a loss are Florida, South Carolina, and Missouri. So, um, but okay. So here's my question. Here's my follow ups. Okay. And you alluded to this, and you, mm-hmm. so you kind of stole some of my thunder. But the problem with where we're at right now is that we need to see it again. Would you say that there is a larger gap between Alabama and Florida or between Notre Dame and Florida State? Where is there a larger gap in quality of team? In quality of team. There's a I don't know. I don't know that I've seen enough. I, so Florida State, the Notre Dame game is the only game that I've gotten to watch in its entirety, right? right? So I didn't watch it all last week. The week before, I got to see a half. Notre Dame, I have watched the first week, and that's it. So I don't know that I have seen enough. So if you I just would, had to go based on like scores and everything, I think so there's like a, my gut would say that there's a 
bigger gap between Notre Dame and Florida State. Not that Notre Dame's great. So but I'm saying there's a bigger gap think, between Notre Dame and Florida State than there is between Bama and Florida. I would say that that's true, but then I would also say that there's a gap between Florida and Alabama and Notre Dame and Florida State. Right, and that doesn't matter. That's not that's not my Why? point for this because okay. that's not my point. My point okay. is I would agree. There is yeah, bigger, there's a bigger gap. Like Notre Dame is is more better if that's even more proper than yeah. Florida State than Alabama. Like Alabama and Florida are closer than Notre Dame and Florida State is, even if that's like. One sure. and nine versus 25 and 30, sure. whatever the number Okay, is, right? I think that's a fair statement. I so, don't know what you're walking me into, but sure. So with that, Florida State played up higher than Florida did. When, when they did the same exact thing that Florida did this weekend, down three scores. No, 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 no. You got to let me finish this point. I'm listening. Down three scores to an opponent that was better than you. And in fact, we'll even say better than... Notre Dame, again, better than Florida State, more than Alabama is better than Florida. And so Florida State did a very similar thing that mm -hmm. Florida did. Florida okay. State did a very similar thing that Florida did. Down three scores, didn't quit, sure. showed a lot of fight, ended up coming all the way back, lost sure. close in the end, right? Sure. Very similar arcs. Sure. Alabama is much better than Notre Dame. Sure. Florida is much better than Florida State. There's no question so, about that. But I just think there are similarities in both games. I Again, would agree with brought, that, but, but brought, then what's so, the question? So the very next two weeks, Florida State felt amazing about their close loss to Notre Dame. Sure. And then fell flat on their faces. Sure. Against Jacksonville State and Wake Forest. Sure. And so I'm not predicting the floor. I think Florida wins. I think they win comfortably against Tennessee. I, this is not an indicative of like, Oh, Florida's going to lose the next two games because they lost close to Florida or close, close to Alabama. But I if, do think a big problem with Florida state this year is the way that they felt great. Sure. About a good loss. But I, I think that's a danger. I think that's a danger. Essentially same thing four games ago though. Right. That's going to like, I don't, yeah, but that was the end of season and not begin of season. Like, I think that's very, very different. I don't know. This so, is, but my, so I hear your point. My, and and I, I'm not saying that I'm predicting that Florida's no, losing. I, I've got Florida winning the next few games. Like that's right. Not, I've got them losing in Jacksonville and that's it, you know? So, but I do think that it is again, Bud Elliott looked over at me in the press box at the Notre Dame game and said, what do you think about this? And I said, I think it's easy to get up for Notre Dame. And I think you sure. alluded to the same thing. It, it is. is. It's easy, easy to get, get up, up for, Alabama. for Alabama. A thousand percent. But do and you get up I on the road in, in November? Do you get up for Missouri on the road? Well, in and I think that that's you get up a lot on coaching. Absolutely. That's a lot on discipline, a lot on maturity. And, and like so you said, and TBD, like you said, right? and like you said, it's not really just Florida. I mean, you called Florida out. Everyone does this. Everyone struggles with games that you don't quite get up for, right? Like you. I don't you, think you everybody a, does. I think the very top most, teams don't nearly most, as often. And I right. think that that's kind of what separates you from being a good team and being a great team right. is and, that you have the consistent play week in and week out, whether that opponent is Vanderbilt or that opponent is Alabama. That's part of what's made Nick Saban almost so every, successful. Almost every college football team ever has struggled with that. Right? Sure. Like Alabama, the last few Clemson years, Ohio State at times. Well, Florida when I mean even when Florida's won this has happened. Sure. Florida, you know, hey, so it is very don't think that wasn't talked about a lot on Saturday around the very tailgate. I mean it is much different to lose the number 1 Alabama than it is four loss Ole Miss, but I get it. Um 
it is very common. Speeches happened in the locker room on Saturday. I mean, like I said, they were probably going to hang a banner because they were the closest to lose. To I don't think that anybody like when you saw the players tweets and stuff after the game like i don't think that there there was no celebrating mm. i was interested to see like what no it's the fan base, base. I, I don't think it's the yeah players. it's the fan base and you know what but the, fa- but florida the state's fans players don't hang banners right they florida, don't play on the florida state's players weren't doing that that either i know but you're comparing that like i'm saying they are like i'm not i right. i i think florida right. state got all the credit that they deserved when they played notre dame close look i gave it to them you gave it to them we talked about it the only reason it's not seen as a quality loss per se at this moment is because of what happened the two previous games right. if florida what? state won both of their last two games handily mm-hmm. Paired with what happened, I think people would be saying right. we underestimated Florida State at the beginning of this year. Florida State's better than we thought, and so that's. But I, I think, think that's where we're in wait and see mode for. We Florida. are. We because are. We we have to see again. Sure. Florida State did, I, I probably even more impressive. But Florida State literally just did the same exact thing that, that was, Florida did. It is did. not more impressive. Like. I don't know. They they came back from three touchdowns in one quarter, as opposed to you guys did over three quarters. So I mean, again, we said that Notre Dame is. If, if Notre Dame's better than Florida State is, more than Alabama's better than Notre Dame is, then how's that not at least as impressive, right? Because we're a worse team. Like, that was, that no was your take. One, no one believed that Alabama was in any way touchable. There was, an, there was very few and people that thought – And at the end of the day, Alabama won the game. Sure. And showed some kinks in the armor while doing it, Right. And here's my thing, too. We talked about this after the game. I think had Florida, obviously, the ultimate is for Florida to win that game, right? Like, there is no way of painting this picture any other way outside of the best thing to happen is for Florida to beat Alabama. Now that Florida has not beaten Alabama, I think that there is a somewhat decent scenario where Florida sees Alabama again in the SEC championship game. Clearly, they have to take care of business the rest of the season. They got to take it one game at a time. Because I think that the only team that it's acceptable to lose to left on the schedule, and I don't even think it's acceptable, but is Georgia. Let's say Florida beats Georgia. They're going to see Alabama again. I can't imagine a scenario where Nick Saban loses to the same team twice in a season. So if the SEC championship game is going to happen and the opponent's going to be Alabama, if we're going to take an L to them, you want it to be when it didn't actually mean anything than in December. Because if you beat them now and they somehow still end up in the SEC championship for the West, if you don't think that Nick Saban would be out for blood, you don't know Nick Saban, right? It, there's zero chance Florida beats Alabama twice in a season. Zero. There's very little chance they beat them once if we're keeping it Well, for sure, yes. But <laughs> Well, and what would be tough with Florida there is they don't get to play that engagement. Like you said, a lot of Alabama's yeah, mistakes well, did come on they that. did, so, and he'll have an entire year under his belt. But I also, but also Emory will have a third. Emory will. Florida didn't have Anthony Richardson. That would, you know, I he do love the backup. I do love that people are like, oh, if we only had our backup but, quarterback. I mean, but that would have been like in 06 when Tebow went down against, oh, you know, like, like there. Yes, it is. Not. There, he would have played, and he would have been a factor. He's made what some he, great plays against FAU and USF. I agree. He has that. made more plays for Florida than essentially anybody else in the games that he's played quality of opponent for you matter. to uh, for sure. But if you're going to say that he would have had think he was ripping off a 75 yard touchdown run, Emory played, well. Emory, Emory played well. Emory 
did well. I still think that his decision-making is slow. I think that was part of the problem on the two-point conversion. I think we saw that a couple of times. There were a couple of reads where he just, he's not making it or he should have pulled it and he didn't. There's, he did not play mistake-free football. I think he grew up a lot. I think there's a lot to build on. And I think that uh, AR not being 100% might have been a blessing for Emery in the fact that he was able to establish a little bit of a rhythm. He did have that monkey on his off his back where it was like, no matter what I do, I'm going to be the guy today so I can take a breath for a second. And uh, Mullen essentially said, he he said to one of Eric's teammates prior to the game, that basically because he wasn't 100%, the only way he was going in is if Emery got hurt. Um and I think, and so I'm sure, sure Emery knew that. And maybe that was good for his mental headspace. I don't know. I thought Emery did a serviceable job against the best team in the country. So that's great, right? That's that's something to build on moving forward. I think you're crazy if you don't think that Anthony Richardson would have had some sort of impact on this game. I'm not sitting here saying he yeah. would I mean, win I'm not if he would, plays. I'm not saying he would have an impact. Just, I'm just saying the outcome would have been I I love... I think that Mullen did a great job adjusting at halftime that the fact that that team came out and fought the way that they did is a huge, you know, a, a huge, a huge kudos to this victory. team. No, it's growth. It's a step in the right direction. It means that this team is able to compete with anybody in the it, country. They still have to put it together. Right. But it legitimately is a moral victory because it wasn't an actual victory. Like I'm not, that's I, not it's a not slam. a moral victory. I'm not saying like that's as good as a win uh, or anything I'm not like saying that. Saying I'm saying that. there's a lot of positives you can take from this and use going and what forward. What would you call those things? A like stepping small, stone. Small like moral victories. I don't like the term moral they victories. Make you feel, they I make don't. you feel good. Like you're proud that they fought. You're proud that they're both. You're proud that they didn't give up. Sure. Those are minor moral victories. They're, I mean, they're not you not actual feel those victories. things against Florida State when for Florida absolutely. State? Absolutely. That's the exact yes, absolutely. Florida State were they were Florida State fans were pounding their chest with moral victories well, after Notre Dame. Hey, we fought back three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. We didn't quit. We showed fight. Nobody thought we had a chance tonight. And we were this close. We yeah. were this close to winning. Yeah. And in Florida, it's, it's a, it's a mirror. It's a micro, it's a mirror image well, of the two games. I, you can call it whatever the hell you want to call it. I was proud of the way this team played. I'm proud of the adjustments at halftime. I think it makes me more excited for the rest of the season. I think it put the SEC on notice that Florida can compete. Right. And I think that if you saw, I don't know if you, how, what you pay attention to on Twitter or whatever, but the recruits that were in the house there, so many of them said they had never been in a louder stadium, that they were so well, impressed with what they saw. Stadiums last well, year, so that makes sense. <laughs> I just, I think that there's a lot of positives that came out of Saturday night. I'm Small interested to see what happens it. moving forward, but I think that that, was huge. And I, the fact that they've played Alabama as well as they had the last two games, like makes me feel like we're getting there. So, okay. Last question. Then we'll move on to some picks and we'll get out of here. Cause we got 10 minutes and we can't go over an hour the way that I upload this. But, uh, okay. would you say that this was your number one, your favorite Florida loss of all time? Was this the loss you're the most proud of? <laughs> or do you have another one that you'd immediately put over? Uh, 
Sure. This is the loss that I'm yes. the most proud of. I'll tell you that Notre Dame loss. That Notre Dame loss is my favorite Florida State loss of all. Somebody said, did I talk to you about this? Somebody said that uh, Florida State in a matter of six days went from the best win, the best loss in program history to the worst loss in program history. Um in in a matter of six days from Notre Dame to Riding that Spike. so now coaster there now I don't predict this and, and it's the we'll do it as a first pick of our um of our pick segment okay but if Florida was to lay an egg and lose to Tennessee this weekend we could basically invalidate every single thing that you've said tonight on this podcast yes right? yes now I don't predict that I think Florida wins I don't know yeah they cover but because like they do usually play down there's always a letdown and stuff like that but if they yeah. lose to Tennessee, we get to just strike everything you said from the yep. record. And play yep. in reverse like a like an 80s uh you know eight metal eight track. album. Yeah, whatever. Yes. I, I was at record or whatever the hell was going on. All right, let's do some picks. Let's get out of here. Hey, um, wait, this, how did we do last week? Oh, you had a rough week. Sorry. Mm. But I came back a little bit. Good. Thank you for bringing that up. So I took Cincinnati. You took Indy. Uh, Cincinnati covered there. I took West Virginia. You took Virginia Tech. That game was fantastic. I know you didn't see it because you weren't around. Um, I took that. I won that. You did not. We both took Michigan State. They won outright against Miami. You took Florida. I took Bama. You did get that one. Um, I took Penn State over Auburn. That game was, a lot, Auburn. That game was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so was. I got that one. And then we both got Wake Forest over Florida State. I went 5-1 and one for the week. You went 3-3. Three and three. And so our standings have gotten a little bit closer. I am eight and ten on the year. You are nine and nine. So just a game separates us. Both hovering around five hundred. We'll see if these six games um, kind of decide where to go. Where uh, first game? I said we go with this one first. Florida minus twenty. Um, Is it twenty now? Yeah, I think Florida earlier. wins this and wins it comfortably. Um, but I do think that they play down and probably a garbage time touchdown gets a Tennessee cover. Uh, Florida wins this by like 17 or 18 and you know, I get to make a joke about them not covering, but the game's never in doubt. Give me Tennessee here. All right. Give me Florida. I think Florida covers. I think the crowd shows up again and, uh, it's a building block. See, I do think the crowd shows up. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, but I think that when they're up by like, so they'll be up by like 24 in the fourth quarter and so, then like half the crowd will leave. And then is Tennessee it going to be a-, a garbage touchdown against like the third string D or is it going to be starters that give this I, touchdown up? It doesn't, it doesn't matter, right? Like well, I mean, it doesn't matter for the spread, but I'm just asking you in general, in your mind, because well, if you're up by 24, then no, that's probably like the second string D that's in it by that point, the fourth quarter. So Florida's second string defense should be better than Tennessee's first string offense. Just for my, like Kay. that's, that's how big that gap is. Um, all right. Liberty is a six-point favorite at Syracuse. Give me the Flames, who are 3-0. and I could not imagine my alma mater not being undefeated right now, something that you have to deal with. But Liberty's 3-0. and I like them to beat Syracuse and beat them by more than six. I told you last season, I no longer will ever pick against Liberty. I need Liberty to play Florida soon. Um, Florida State is a two-and-a-half-point underdog at home against Louisville. Um, I... I think Louisville wins this game. We didn't really talk or preview the upcoming games that we've got this weekend. I think that Louisville wins this game. Um, they probably cover the spread, but the old betting rule is you always take a three-point underdog at home. So give me FSU in this one. Give me Louisville. LSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road at Mississippi State. Um, Allie's vaunted LSU team that probably deserves to be ranked top 10 in her opinion. Uh, only a two and a half point favorite at Mississippi State. Who do you like here? LSU. 
dang it, I was hoping you take Mississippi State. I took LSU as well. Um, Texas A&M is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at Arkansas, uh, who is ranked mm-hmm. top 16, I think. I like Arkansas to cover here. I don't know that they win or not. I think Jim You said it's five-and-a-half? Five-and-a-half. I, I, Texas A&M may win, but I like Arkansas to cover this. Whew. I'm going to go Texas A&M because I'm trying to go different than you, but there's part of me that kind of wants Arkansas to win. You just hate agreeing, even if even if you know I do. Like what, what I'm saying is right. You're just like, I just can't do it. I'd rather just disagree. <laughs> um, last one, Wisconsin is a five-and-a-half-point favorite at home against Notre Dame. Give me Wisconsin. I like Notre Dame to cover here. I like Wisconsin to win, but closer than that. I like it to be like a four-point win, so Notre Dame barely gets a cover. Um, I like them to stay in it. I'm also just hoping that Notre, that that showing against Notre Dame was, you know, not just a, not just wrong on my side. So anyway, so we'll recap them next week. Anything, any parting words you'd like to tell these people before they go? How right I am? How you know, am? no, <laughs> certainly not that. But I'll tell you what, I think we're shaping up to have a season similar to like 2007 or something where literal chaos could happen. And I am so excited about it. I. I'm kind of over the same teams every single year. So this season has the makings to be special and I'm so, here for it. Here's what's crazy is if Oregon doesn't trip up, they're going to the playoff this yeah. year. And I know you don't love this. I know you disagree with this, but I also, I think Georgia is going to the playoff this year. We'll see. I could be completely mm-hmm. wrong on that. I think that they look good right now, and I think the only real test that they have left on their schedule outside of the SEC championship game, but the only real test they have left on their schedule is Florida. I do think they'll beat Florida because I think Georgia's defense – we didn't really talk about this in the breakdown of the game. I think where Alabama really struggled was on defense, and that's not something we've seen from Nick Saban coach teams. I think yeah. Georgia's defense is better. I think I think where Alabama's struggling is their trenches. And yeah. that's also something. And, I mean, Nick Saban's defense teams never really have deficiencies, no. right? But I, their lines were not as good if they had been. Florida's offensive line is so yeah. much better Improved. than we were thinking that they were going to be. That was supposed and, to be one of the weaknesses this year. Their offensive line was great against a very good Alabama defensive line. They're not going to see a better defensive line than that all year. I mean, if they do, it's Georgia, right? But right. even that is debatable at this point. But so. I think I do. I think Georgia gets there. I think Georgia gets yeah. to the playoff. Now, the, when the playoff happens, like who knows? But like Oklahoma doesn't look great. No, uh, Ohio the, State's poo poo. The Big Ten is Clemson's wide not open. Great. Penn State kind Penn of. Penn State looked decent. Penn State looked good against Auburn, but I don't think Auburn's that good. So I don't think Penn State will make it through the. I think the Big Ten will cannibalize itself. Yeah. Um. Man, I don't know. I think what we're I just get, think we I have the making get, for something exciting. I think it's going to be a fun year for sure. Um, count me down on the Georgia bandwagon though, just because it'll piss you off more. So it will all right. off more, but fine, go for it. <laughs> Thank you guys for hanging out. We will be back next week at some point to talk about probably another Florida win, another Florida State loss. So tune in. We appreciate your Here interactions. We appreciate your views. And we'll see you next time. Until then, go Noles. Go Gators. Roll tide though.